Welcome to the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast, a primitive Baptist ministry declaring the good news of the finished work of salvation by grace alone. This program is brought to you weekly by Elder Joe Nettles, pastor of Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church in Caledonia, Mississippi, and Elder David Wise, pastor of Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church in Ackerman, Mississippi. Stay tuned for today's message. Good day, my listening friends, and welcome to the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast. Thank you for tuning in. It is such a privilege for Elder David Wise and myself, Elder Joe Nettles, to be able to bring this program to you through the kindness of WLZA 96.1 FM and through the support of our respective churches and so many people who pray for this ministry. And we thank you for tuning in. And if this is your first time tuning in, oh, you're so welcome. And we hope that you'll make it a happy habit in your life to be here with us at 8 a.m. every Sunday morning here on the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast. I pastor Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church, 40283 Wolf Road, and Elder David Wise pastors Macedonia Primitive Baptist Baptist Church, 11 Staten Road near Ackerman, Mississippi. And we also invite you to visit Clear Springs Primitive Baptist Church located at 55 Tahoe Road in Mabin, Mississippi. All of our churches meet at 1030 a.m. every Sunday morning and you will be so welcomed and people will be just so glad to see you. I think you'll just, we'll treat you in so many ways you're bound to like one of them. So just come on and visit with us. We'd love to have you. Uh, you also meet with us at 6 p.m. every Wednesday evening on the grounds of New Covenant Church. That's at 200 West Garrett Road in Starkville, Mississippi. We have a fellowship meeting there every Wednesday evening, abbreviated song service and message, and then we break bread and visit and fellowship together. We'd love to have you at New Covenant Church, 200 West Garrett Road, 6 p.m. every Wednesday evening evening. Go to the website, gospel-of-grace.com. You're going to find archived messages, frequently asked questions, church locators, many resources. We hope that you'll enjoy it. And while you're there, please contact us. Let us know that you're listening. Today, we are bringing forth a series regarding regeneration and the metaphors of regeneration we found find in the Word of God. And we hope that you'll stay tuned with us. And we'll be right back with today's message.
Thank you so much for staying tuned with us here at the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast. I'm Joe Nettles. I thank you for tuning in. If you're a return listener, we greatly appreciate it. And we hope that you will see fit to contact us and let us know that you're listening at gospel-of-grace.com. Please send us an email. We would love to hear from you. Today's message is centered around the subject of regeneration, the new birth. What is regeneration? Well, regeneration is an absolutely necessary power that is placed upon and within every elect child of God, known of God before the foundation of the world, loved by God forevermore. And God has purposed to bring that one into his eternal family, to live with him in heaven evermore, to be covered by the blood of Jesus, to have their sins washed away by the blood of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And this power is affected by the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. And it comes within a person sovereignly by the power of the divine. And it comes within you and it gives you a new nature. Now, it doesn't take away your original nature. You still have uh, unnatural, you have natural urges, I should say. You have uh, unholy urges and thoughts will still creep up on you. But now you have a, a nature within you that is of the divine. And it gives you a sense. It instills faith within you. It opens your cold, dead heart uh, to spiritual matters. It is the vital living application of the very being of God within you. In fact, in Colossians, it's referred to as Christ in you, the hope of glory. And this must take place before anyone can live in heaven, whether they lived in the Old Testament, the New Testament, died in the womb, miscarried, or, you know, the thief on the cross just before he died. This has to happen to every single one who will ever live in heaven, according to the words of Jesus Christ. Now, we don't want to fo- we want to focus on this subject of regeneration, and uh, I especially want to focus on how it is represented in the Word of God. How is regeneration described in the Word of God? You know, the Holy Spirit was not careless in the use of terms, comparisons, and metaphors in the Word of God. And uh, give you an example, I'll ask you some questions. Uh, what was used to describe one who was humble enough to give himself as a gracious sacrifice in death, but yet strong enough to destroy every foe? Well, that's Jesus Christ. And Jesus was represented as a lamb and a lion, one that was seen as harmless, sacrificial, uh, and uh, able to die, and the other lion, strong and regal, and strong enough to defeat every foe that comes up against it. Uh, Well, let me ask you another question. What represented humble creatures uh, who are not suited to independence? They require family gatherings for protection and fellowship. They gladly follow their protector and leader, and essentially they're harmless. Uh, They don't have the nature to destroy and tear and savage. Well, that's the elect family of God who are going to live in heaven, born again, children of God here in time, and will live in heaven forevermore. And they are represented in the word of God as sheep. So you see, that's very understandable. Uh, Sheep have that nature. Another question, what represented one who is clandestine, considered a danger to mankind, greatest danger? The bite is detrimental. His nature is well-suited to happily crawling secretly on the surface of the earth. Well, that's Satan. 
and he is aptly represented as a serpent in the word of God. Uh, Satan is never represented as a lamb. Uh, Satan is not represented as an eagle. It is a serpent. It is a apt comparison, an apt metaphor. Well, what represented an entity that is disgusting, glaringly noticeable, destructive effects that tend to spread easily, causes great pain and disfigurement, was terminal in the days of the writing of the scriptures. There was no cure. Causes separation from family and friends and loved ones and could only be cured by the direct working of the Lord. Sin. And it was represented by what? Leprosy. Uh, so we see apt metaphors, representative terms and concepts in the word of God. So now let's look at regeneration. We see several of these uh, metaphors for regeneration, representative concepts in the word of God. And all of these concepts that we're going to cover, and I think we're going to cover six before it's all over with, I want you to understand something. Each and every one of these concepts stresses the monergistic work of the Lord in having his people born again, in saving them, in changing their nature, in enlightening their hearts and minds. You see, that is alone the work of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Salvation is monergistic. That means mono, one, gistic work. It's the work of God and God alone. Oh yes, there are many works for us to do after we're born again in the spiritual realm, but we can't do it until we've already been born again and that holy by the Lord. So we're going to see all of these concepts are things that are not cooperative. These are concepts that uh, in which the subject is a passive recipient of what is taking place. So first, let's just look at a phrase we've already used, a metaphor for uh, regeneration or being born again. It's the new birth. Go with me to John chapter 3, verse 3. Here in the conversation between Jesus Christ and Nicodemus, we see Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And then later in verse 5, Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh, and whither it goeth, so is every one that is born of the Spirit. Let's unpack this description of the new birth, being born again. First, we want to see uh, that the Lord said, without the new birth, you cannot see. That means that C there, S-E-E, is from the Greek word Ido, which means to experience in any sense. The natural man cannot know the kingdom's existence without the new birth. He also said you cannot enter into the kingdom without the new birth. What does that carry with it? What meaning does that carry with it? It means you cannot because you're unable and you're unwilling and you're unfit unless the Holy Spirit 
uh, comes and intervenes, you can't know the existence of the kingdom of God. Oh, somebody may try to tell you about it, but it'll always be a foreign concept to you. It'll always be noxious to you. What are you talking about? That's foolishness. It's always been foolishness to natural men. Why is it that we believe in the kingdom of God, that we feel it, we live in it, and we rejoice in it? Because we were born to that end by the Holy Spirit of God. You cannot see it, which means you can't experience it in any sense, and you cannot enter into it. You cannot. That's a definitive. Because you're unable, unwilling, and unfit unless the Lord changes you. Okay? Another point we'd like to make. Notice, as in natural generation, one kind cannot bring forth another kind. Uh, A bat will not bring forth a rat. A rat will not bring forth a cat. A dog will not give birth to a monkey. And a monkey cannot turn into a man or give birth to a man. Okay, kind in kind. And as a natural generation, one kind can't bring forth another kind. As the natural can only generate the natural, only the spirit can bring forth spiritual. That's why he said, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. When you're born into this world physically, you have the natural nature of a man within you. That is flesh. And a man can only bring forth more flesh. He can't pass the Holy Spirit that may be in him to his progeny. No, that progeny will be born just like every one of us of the fleshly nature of man. And just as that was bound by law, the same way is the spiritual birth. Only the spirit can bring forth that which is spiritual. So you have to have an intervention of the spirit to make that spiritual within you. Let's look at another point. As with the wind, uh, and notice he referred to the wind, the wind bloweth where it listeth, speaking of the new birth. As with the wind, by the time you've heard, that's uh, you hear the sound thereof, Jesus said. Well, by the time you've heard, and that heard, that hearing referred to there, It doesn't literally mean uh, vibrations against your eardrum. No, it just basically means sensed it. It's, It's just an expression representing the sense of the spirit. And as with the wind, by the time you've heard or sensed it, it's already reached you. It's already touched you. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh and whether it goeth. So is every one that is born of the spirit. Before it touched you, you were completely unaware of the Spirit's presence. Well, that's what he meant by that. Uh, thou hearest the sound there, but canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. I mean, you were totally unaware of its presence, of its being. Uh, you were completely unaware uh, that the Spirit was an entity and that it was an entity that you needed. Now, one may say, yes, but, you know, Jesus said you hear it. So, you know, you can respond to it. In other words, what they're saying is you're able to hear the things of the gospel and that's what makes you born again because you respond to it. And I would say that just won't work because friends, no one is born naturally with spiritual hearing or senses like we talked about, spiritual being, uh, the motions of spiritual life. No one is born naturally into this world with it. So therefore, nobody has the ability with natural uh, faculties 
for it to happen, to cause it to happen. Notice in John chapter 8, verse 43, Jesus said of these Jews who were hateful, he spoke very plainly, said God was not their father. Uh, these Jews under consideration in this conversation many years ago uh, in the context of John chapter 8 are now burning in perdition. And in John chapter 8, verse 43, he said, Why do ye not understand my speech? Even because ye cannot hear my word. He said, What I speak is spiritual, and therefore you'll never like anything that I say. It'll never find a resting place. It'll never bring forth any peace. It'll never be welcome in your experience. Unregenerated man. Now, later in verse 47, he said, He that is of God heareth God's words. Ye therefore hear them not, because ye are not of God, you see. He was very plain there that if you're of God, that means you have, have something within you that is emanated of God. If you're of his family, he loved you before the foundation of the world. His spirit has come into your hearts. Then you can hear them. But in absence of that spirit, you hear them not because you are not of God. People will say, well, you know, um, if, if you reject the gospel, then you're choosing to not be in God's family. No, if you reject spiritual things, the gospel being included in that, it it at that point, you don't fall out of God's family. No, it's because ye are not of God, you see. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, speaking about this spiritual sense, verses 9 and 10, but as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man. You see, there's been no sense of it at all, no experience of it at all, no desire for it, no, no seeing of the need for it. Until what happens? But as it is written, I hath not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him, why do we love him? Because he first loved us. He works that love in our hearts when we're born again in the spirit of God. But God hath revealed them unto us by his spirit. For the spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. You see, he's saying I, the natural eye can't see it. The natural ear can't hear it. Uh, and, and it can't, the things of God can't enter into the heart of man. So obviously this is describing someone before they love God. All right. But when you come to the point where you do love God, it's an evidence that this revealing of the spirit has already taken place. See, spiritual sense, again, as expressed as hearing in the uh, text in the discussion with Nicodemus, only occurs in those already possessing spiritual life. As the man Adam was made to breathe by the divine power. Remember, God gathered the dust of Adam together and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and he became a living soul. As the man Adam was made to breathe only by direct divine power, even so, any who hear or have that spiritual sense under consideration were caused to do so by the same divine power. It was monergistic. You were dead and incapable. God was the only one capable, and he was willing, and he imparted that into you, a believer today, uh, and he showed you that he is your father and that you are his child through this spirit of adoption that he's given you. For you to hear in your spirit the gracious words of Christ and to believe in the father, you must already have been born again. Notice the words of Jesus in John 5, 24. 
Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me. Now, what does he say? Those that already hear at this present time, they hear and this present time they believe on him. What is the state that they are in? Are they hell bound until they do something, until they hear, until they believe it? No, Jesus said those that are already hearers and believers, they already have everlasting life. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me, hath, that means is presently already in possession of everlasting life, and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. So you see, my friends, this new birth, think about your physical birth. Nobody consulted you when you were an infant in your mother's womb about when it was time for you to come and make your advent into this world. No, my friends, uh, there was no one to ask. Uh, none of the gametes, uh, the sperm or the egg of your mother or your father, nobody sent a message within them asking the sperm or the gametes, would you like to come together and would you like to be born? Would you like to have life? Balderdash, this is all something that took place to you. You were the passive blessed recipient of this creative ability and the passing forward uh, in birth, you see. So it's the exact same thing with the new birth or regeneration. Now let's look at one more concept, and that is creation. Uh, another metaphor for the new birth, creation. And remember, the Holy Spirit is not loosey-goosey, not cavalier, uh, with the usage of the metaphors and the representative terms. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 refers to the new birth, regeneration. And Paul wrote to the church at Ephesus and said, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Here, being in Christ Jesus vitally, being able to believe, being able to do good righteous works, being able to come under conviction, being able to see your sinfulness and desire a savior. It was because you were created in Christ Jesus. Creation took place in you. Second Corinthians chapter four, verse six, for God who command, notice the wording here. This is, this is referring directly back to Genesis and the creation, the material creation account where God spoke it into existence. He calls light, my friends, to come forth from darkness. He said, for God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness hath shined in our hearts. That's the new birth. To give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. You see, my friends, how do you believe in Jesus Christ? Because, my friends, the identity of God and of Jesus has been born within your soul and spirit through the new birth. It shines in your heart in a work of creation, just as is alluded to here. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, Paul says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature, creature, that which is created. If any man be in Christ, that means if you're alive in Christ, you're spiritually alive, you're saved, you're covered by the redeeming merits of the, the Lamb of God, then that means you already are a new creature and you were created, a creature, created. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. So there's just a few references of that metaphor of creation uh, being equated with regeneration. Now notice, 
Somebody may say, well, you know, I took part in my being born again. I had to choose it. I had to accept it. I had to affect some part of it to make it be so. No, you were just a passive recipient. Nothing that's been created has ever created. Think about that. Nothing that has ever been created has ever created anything. Okay, somebody may say, I created a work of art. Or somebody may say, I I created a building. No, all you did was took elements that were already in existence. We're talking about creation, something from nothing. And friends, when you were fallen in Adam and dead and trespassed in sins, you were nothing. There was no spirituality about you. There was no love for God. There was no heart for righteousness. There was no conviction of sin. None of that. There was nothing there spiritually in uh, the totally depraved natural man. But God, if you're his elect child, he so chooses to come forward and to cause you to be born again and to vitally work in you the life of Jesus Christ. True, nothing that's been created has ever created anything. It is ridiculously illogical for something to create itself. I mean, think about it. Yeah, chair, there's a sign on there that said, this chair is proud to announce that this chair made itself. And you would say, well, that's just ridiculous. Well, my friends, choice regeneration that's being taught so many in so many pulpits around the world is just as ridiculous. In fact, it's more ridiculous. I would say that a material chair could more likely create itself than uh, one void of the Spirit of God could somehow stir that up within themselves. It, it just doesn't work. All right? And also, no one created has ever wrought something from nothing. That In all of the scientific breakthroughs we've made, no one's ever come forward and said, hey, we've created. No, you manipulated, you changed, you altered, you divided, or you built up what was already in material existence. Okay? Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3 alludes to this. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed or created, spoken into existence by the word of God, so that things which are seen are not made of things which do appear. What's he saying there? He's saying things that we see all around us today, everything in the material universe, it was not made of things that can be seen. So what? Something was brought forward from nothing, a true creation took place in this universe. And in the same context, by the same token, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ today, if you are born again of the Spirit of God, you didn't choose it for yourself. It was chosen for you. It was spoken within you by the divine fiat and the word and command of God. The Holy Spirit blew into your soul and being and regenerated your soul and spirit and gave you another nature, one that longs for God and desires Jesus Christ as Savior. I'm telling you, it was a work of creation. The Holy Spirit is not lax in giving us these metaphors. So I want you to consider that. And until we're able to speak with you again on such wonderful subjects, may the Lord's grace be with you all.
If you enjoy the messages you hear on the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast, we invite you to visit a Primitive Baptist church in your area. Visit our website at gospel-of-grace.com to search for a Primitive Baptist church near you, to listen to past messages online, and to find additional contact information. This program is also available on iTunes under podcasts with the title, The Gospel of Grace, a Primitive Baptist radio broadcast. If you enjoy our program, send us an email at gospelofgracepb at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. This program is produced by Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church, 40283 Wolf Road, Caledonia, Mississippi, and Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church, 11 Staten Road on Highway 15, just north of Ackerman, Mississippi. Come and worship with us each Sunday morning at 1030 and tune in next week for another message from the Gospel of Grace. Until next time, we pray that God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus our Lord. Wonderful.